All right? Good. Well, uh, this past weekend, most of you know that um, the elders went on an advance. We don't call it a retreat because we're not going backwards. We're calling it an advance. All right? We picked that one up from Bethel, too. And... Um, and so the six of us spent the weekend together, and I want to invite them up. We are all going to be sharing tonight, um, thus six chairs. So come on up, elder team. Musical chairs. Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll move it. No, no, go ahead, Russ. Go ahead and sit. No, 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 sit. All right. You might be wondering if we're this disorganized now. No. All right. So the first thing, the first thing we're going to do to kind of get us warmed up too and by the way, um, this is our elder team. We're, we're going to go down, and they're going to say their name first, just in case you don't know who they are. This is our, our pastor elder team. And, uh, but they're also going to share with you a 30-second version of one highlight of Blazing Fire over the last, for however long they've been here. I will tell you this, that, that all, all of the, we all have known each other for about 12 years now. And believe it or not, this elder team um, has now been uh, together longer than the original elder team, for those of you who remember Carla and Dan and Amy. So, um, in fact, this is going to be my 30-second highlight, which is I was there the night that the old elder team prayed for this elder team. It was very emotional. It was very... Um, many people who sat in there said, because I saw the honor that was displayed in this leadership, that's what caused me to say I want to stay in this, in this place. So that was a, a very, um, just a very powerful moving night. Hi, I'm Suzanne, and um, one highlight uh, that uh, really impacted me was um, one elder team meeting that we had at our house, and um, the glory of the Lord came into the room, and um, it was a tangible mist, it was cool, it was refreshing. And we almost didn't see it at the time until um, our son, our younger son, came home from school, and um, and he kind of did a double take, and he said, "Whoa, what's this?" And because uh, he walked into it. So um, yeah, that was it. Hey, uh, my name's Todd, and uh, thumbing through a lot of memories. But one thing that really sticks out to me is um, <clears throat> closer to my my uh, beginning or, or beginningish days coming to Blazing Fire, I kept saying uh, there was such a culture of honor here, and I kept seeing people bringing gifts to every, each other all the time. Like every week, I thought, is it Christmas or is it birthdays all the time? But I realized that people just loved each other and wanted to bring gifts all the time, and I I, I couldn't believe all the gift giving I saw. I thought it was the coolest thing. Ever. I, I've never seen that before in a church or anywhere. My name's Karina, and uh, a highlight for me is beating these guys at Apples to Apples. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. No. 
kidding. Um, well, I have one a few times, but anyway. <laughs> no, um, I'm thinking, I was thinking, uh, it wasn't at Blazing Fire, but we, uh, our youth group hosted a conference actually at Alameda County Fairgrounds called the Rain Conference, and that was probably like eight years. It was a while ago. And um, a highlight to me from that conference was it looked totally different than what we thought. We didn't pack out the um, fairgrounds or the, the big hall that we um, rented, but um, God really touched a lot of people that were just walking by, and our security guard, God really touched him hugely. And um, a young gal, I remember who there was a llama, uh, some kind of llama expo going on at the time, and she was there to see the llamas, but she walked by and she came on in the conference, and God touched her in a really profound way. So I think that and, and just the fact that that was such a huge dream, it felt in a, like an impossible dream to host a youth conference here. And um, so that's a big highlight for me. My name's Russ. And uh, the first thing I thought of was just uh, the warmth I feel when so many of you greet me. You know, just, and I see other people greeting each other. I just see this connection, this warmth. Um, that means a lot to me. Because there's, there's just joy that happens when we just are happy to see each other. Genuinely happy. Uh, another a highlight, kind of a specific highlight, was when I, I came back after being, being out in the hospital for months and months, and, and I just uh, stood with Susan in front of the church. It was at sunset at the time, I think, and just felt the waves of love. And I knew that I was here alive today, that day, because, of the, because Jesus saved me, and he... He partnered with all the prayers. Your, your prayers kind of anchored me here. So I want to thank you for that. Yeah, I... Um, oh, I'm Susan. I belong to him. 36 years now. It's hard, getting hard to remember. Yeah, 36 years. Um couple little things. One would be, I love the hugs. I love the sincere hugs here. I was not raised in a huggy family. And I love getting hugs where we connect and the spirit's there. And it just helps me feel alive when we get those kind of hugs to each other. And I can look at so many of you where we've had that experience together. And it's really meant to me. And yes, coming out of that stark time, I came out that time when watching Russ in the ICU day after day after day, and I felt rather drained and exhausted after two months of that, and coming here and just being accepted for who I am. I think, if anything else, Blazing Fire, I've learned that I can have a bad day, and I get accepted. And, I'll, and somebody will sit with me and, and hug me, and, and, and that's okay. We don't have to put a face on and pretend, and I so appreciate that here. Awesome. I know these guys. I knew they wouldn't take 30 seconds. That's why I said 30 seconds. So if I, imagine if I had said two minutes. I'm just kidding. All right. All right. We're just joking. So <laughs> I, tonight is really unscripted intentionally. Uh, we, we were uh, together last week 
And um, I, it's not like all of heaven opened up and we suddenly had, you know, this major vision that we didn't have before. I would say we went further along in it. What really happened is that we did life together more. We enjoyed each other more. Um, and in the midst of it, we did a lot of listening prayer. And we're very excited about a lot of things. We're excited about the times we're living in, but also about, about the future of where, where God is taking things in our lifetime. And um, so I, we wanted to just convey some of that. But like I said, this is not scripted. So we're going to jump around and bebop around, I hope. Otherwise, I'm talking for a long time. So please jump in. But I will start. Um, actually, I'm going to start with prayer to, to say, Holy Spirit, we, we honor you. And uh, we're so excited because you have placed that excitement in us. And it's something that's real and genuine and has tangible substance to it. That's what the kingdom is. So, Holy Spirit, would you bring to mind, to our hearts and minds, the things that we have been, you've been talking to us about? And would you speak to and encourage every person in this room? In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, so a few... By the way, you all have permission to get up if you ever like want to preach, preach, okay? Get up out of your chair. All right. There you go. That was the ground rules. Ground rules. Um, so about a month ago, uh, we had two pastors here. Remember Mike Barris and, and uh, Roger Valsey? What a powerful night. I was weeping all night that night. I couldn't help it. And I know it was the spirit was so pleased with just the unity and the camaraderie um, that's, that's building in this region. But Mike specifically was preaching about leaving the old things behind and moving on to the new. Now, what we just did uh, is totally legal to go back and remember the good things and to thank God for those. In fact, the Bible tells us all the time, remember, remember. So how does that fit with the other verse about leaving the old things behind? Well, certainly there are things we need to leave behind because they were not good things. We don't need to dwell on them or have regrets because that's, that's not God's heart for us. But also, even the good things, he's saying, yeah, I want you to thank me for them, but don't park it there. Because that's what I did 10 years ago, 5 years ago, yesterday. I'm doing something new today. And this, this scripture comes from Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. It says, no need to remember past events. No need to think about what was done before. Look, I am doing something new. Now it emerges can you not see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? He's asking you. Can you see it? He says, I'm making a road in the desert, rivers in the wastelands. And then it, interestingly, it goes on to talk about how creation is starting to praise God through the new thing that he's doing, the animals, the trees. And um, tonight we are going to talk a little bit about the land as well, because the two seem to be completely connected in. There's something that's happened in this search for a place of our own, which so many of you, if you've been around, you know what I'm talking about. This, what's happening with the land has so much life on it. It is, um, it's not hype. It's not something that I'm trying to make happen. It's, I, I'm feeling like we're getting swept into something that God has planned for a long, long time. There's a substance to it. And, um, and one of the things we've been feeling, one of the things that Doug prophesied when he went to this land that we're talking about, let me just bring a picture up while I'm talking about it. This is in Pleasanton, if you can believe it. Um, that one of the things that Doug prophesied was that, that the trees have been crying out. And when he did, 
it was, it was doing something in me because I already was feeling that. There are scriptures that talk about, I mean, this is not, you know, la-la weird stuff. Uh, all of creation's alive. When people go to heaven, they say, oh my gosh, the, you know, the flowers were singing. It's just that we aren't as aware here. We aren't seeing things in the fullness in the kingdom. So th- everything's alive, but, but this land's been crying out to be um, alive and utilized for what it is designed, what it was here for. And, and, as, and it's, like, it's like that land has brought us more alive with our dreams. So, um, so, so that's going to come into play a little bit as we share. Um, again, it's not so much about the land. It's about souls. It's always about souls. And one of the things that's really come alive through the years to me is how much God wants his kids back. The Father wants his kids back. And he wants us to feel the same heart he has, that we, we aren't just going to go about business as usual, but we're feeling what he feels for the souls. And I'm telling you, I've been on this land, and I have wept on this land as, as God has shown me that from this piece of property, with what it was designed to hold, the glory, that we are, we are, going, to, we are going to see souls saved, not just in this region, but around the world. And, and I know that I know that I know it's what we've been alive for. I want to read one more scripture to you and then see if anyone here wants to, wants to jump in. Well, actually, no, one more thing. Um, sorry, getting you ready, though, okay? Getting you ready to jump in. And that is, so this scripture is from uh, Luke, where Jesus is telling a parable but about, about uh, the banquet and that nobody would come. Those who were invited weren't come. And he said... He said to the servant, well, then quickly, this is uh, Luke 14, starting with um, around verse 21. He says, quickly, get out. This is in the Message Bible. Get out into the city streets and alleys. Collect all who look like they need a square meal. All the misfits and homeless and wretched that you can lay your hands on and bring them here. The servant replied, Master, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. Do you guys know how big God's heart is? There is still room. So the master said, then go to the country roads and whoever you find, drag them in as I want my house full. Now, I know you've, you've all figured this out. We've, we've, I, this church is amazing. It's dynamic. The, the Lord shows up every week. Why? why? I, I, you could not tell me why there aren't thousands of people in this room. I don't get it. But here's why. Because most people are not going to come into a church. We have got to go love them. And, and, and God's been preparing our heart for this for a long time. Doug Addison spoke this. He said, he said there, are, there are two moves of God going on right now, simultaneously, and they're both God. He said the one move of God, he said there's another refreshing that's happening in the church. Many of you have heard about San Diego, what's going on there. That is a refreshing that the Lord is bringing to the church. It's similar to moves like Brownsville, like Pensacola, other things, right? It's, it's God saying, church, you got too wound up again. You got too religious again. You, you got all worried again. I'm, I'm here to release my joy over you again because you forgot that I'm a good God and I'm in charge of this thing. He's refreshing his church. That's one move of God going on. At the same time, there's a second move going on, and that is an, an extreme grace and love that's going from the church out to those who will never come in, even a church like San Diego. And I want to tell you something. There was a time in my life, 
year, 10, 20 years ago, where if you would have asked me what I wanted, God, what do I want? I want to be that first thing. I want, to, I want to host such a party that everybody comes and we're the refreshing. And let me tell you, we are going to do that and it's going to happen. We are going to have refreshing is going to happen, but where my heart has so changed over the years that I know that we're alive to go out and get the ones, to love on the ones who are not going to come into a church. Both things are going to happen. Don't get me wrong. Both things are going to happen from blazing fire. But if you're asking me where my heart is now, we, we need to go get them. Because we've had, we've had the best party on the block for a long time. And I, that sounds so, um, so bad. It sounds so like prideful. I don't mean that. I just mean the Lord is here every week in such dramatic ways. And, and you know what? They haven't been pounding down our doors, have they? But when we went out to Hacienda years ago to the movie theater, we saw hundreds, Sheila, did we not? Hundreds of people come to the Lord, get healed dramatically. Woman that was blind, eye open. I mean, the stories went on and on and on. God loves it when we go out to the streets. And, and I want to tell you, it's not about a program. It's about you having his heart so that everywhere you go, it's just who you are. You just love people everywhere you go, and you represent him well. Let me just go off, because I'm, I'm going to, let me just find out what has been inspiring you. Who's got the, I'm seeing your, are you, are you up? Yeah. Go, Karina. Um. Yeah, when Justin started it, um, praying during worship um, for the souls, and that has so been my heart lately, and ever since I came back from Cambodia, my heart is, I think Brett and Suzanne described it like the Grinch. They weren't calling me the Grinch, but just that it's been expanding more and more and getting a bigger capacity to love. And um, this is just so where we're at, and I feel like... um, you know, I was thinking about Jesus when he went to the woman caught in the act of adultery and how he said to her, you know, he defended her first in front of everyone and he, he was building this trust with her in this short amount of time and, and then he says, go and sin no more. But um, so much of the time, I think the church, we our jumping point off is go and sin no more, you know, before we build that that love and trust and um it's so time. Um, my heart is is just burning for um, those who've just felt so loved and those who have felt stigmatized, those who have been hurt by the church, and those who would never come into church. Um, when we were in Cambodia, we were in a restaurant, and um, our waiter, uh, so sweet, and you know, he's had on a lot of makeup. He looked like someone you wouldn't think you would invite into church. But as he was coming up in, um, to our table, my heart just more and more kept getting softened for him. And I was like, oh, we have something for him. And Domily was feeling it too. So we started giving him uh, some words that the Lord was saying to him. And he, we had a translator, so he was translating for us. Um, and... Um, our translator saying, you know, telling him everything that we're saying, and you can see he's receiving it. And then he says he really he wants to receive the Lord now. <laughs> and um, so Justin led him in a prayer, and um, yeah, right there. And and you know, it's those ones. But I feel like um, we've got to get to a place where um, we're uncomfortable for a little bit. Maybe God's maybe going to bring people who um, are not 
all healed up who aren't going to look like, you know, a Christian? <laughs> and um, are we going to be okay with that discomfort for a while and, and, and allowing God to do his part and we do our part? Our, our part is, um, is loving. Our part is not changing them. God, God's part is transforming. And um, so I feel like we're ready. And, um, yeah, our hearts are going to become more and more softened and getting to that place where we're, we're moved with compassion, like, like Jesus says in Matthew. He was moved with compassion for people. His, if we ever get to that place where our hearts are hardened and, and um, you know, we're just going about business, we've got to get back to getting our why back. And that's one thing that kept coming up during the elder retreat. Get your why back. Why, Jesus? Why did you save me? Why, why did you love me? Return to your first love. Um, I'm almost done here, but I, I want to read Jeremiah um, 2. And it says, uh, remember the devotion of your youth. Remember <laughs> how as a bride you loved me and how you followed me in, in the wilderness in a land not sown. And um, so, yeah, I let me just pray for you. Let's just stop and pray for a minute. Jesus. Jesus, we ask that you would come right now and that you would soften our hearts. Is any places that um, pain or hurt or life busyness has caused our hearts to become hardened? Jesus, thank you that you are moved with compassion. You're moved with compassion over us, what we're going through. You're moved with compassion for the lost, for those who... um, who would never think that they could even have a relationship with you, Jesus, because they thought you were mean and cruel. Jesus, thank you that you are so kind and so loving. And I ask right now that your kindness, your loving kindness, would um, touch our hearts in a way that we would be moved, God, that you would close the distance between um, the world out there in our hearts, Jesus, close the distance. We want, we want to see people up close. We, we're not afraid of the mess, Jesus. You didn't come to make things nice and tidy. You came to make things right, Jesus. So thank you for making all things right. We welcome the mess. I welcome the mess, Jesus. Whatever that looks like, I welcome the discomfort of people who are totally different than me, God. We want them. We want the soul. We want your kids, God. We want your kids with us. We don't want to do this without them. Jesus, we want you to have your kids back. So thank you that it starts with us returning to our first love. We remember the way you first looked at us and when you saved us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for softening our hearts more and more. In Jesus' name. And I want to just proclaim over every single one of you, every single one of you is Jesus with skin on. Every single one of you. Wears him in your own unique way. I think sometimes we trip ourselves up because we think we're supposed, to, uh, we're supposed to do it like Karina does it. We're supposed to do it like Brent does it. Okay. You do it like you do it. You are designed to love them like you do it. 
<laughs> like Pam said today, do you know how powerful it is sometimes just to look someone in the eye? I remember being at a, at a New Age festival once, and this guy came in, and he had no trust for anybody, but he spent the next 40 minutes looking in my eyes. I didn't say a lot. He saw Jesus in my eyes. Another time at, at Burning Man, a woman kept looking at my eyes. And again, I don't think I said much. But at the end of it, she said, what do I see? Your eyes are brown, but I keep seeing my grandmother's eyes, and she, her eyes were blue. And I said, well, tell me about your grandma. Oh, well, she was, she was a born-again Christian. She saw Jesus. And all we need to do, like Karina said, is open up, soften our heart. And maybe we're sometimes so tripped up on how it's supposed to look and, and how, uh, having a certain way to do it. But um, you just let him love them like he's loved you. And it's going to work because they've never seen it out there. They've never seen it. And you've been placed exactly where you are for a reason. So I just say the same way the greeters greet us here, you go out and you be blazing fire out there. There's no walls to this church, okay? No more walls. We take, it, we take all the walls down over the Tri-Valley, over the entire Bay Area, over the entire world. All the walls are... It's it, uh, reminding me of um, Doug Addison's word to us when he was really uh, talking about the keys of revival that we carry that we cannot judge. Um, that that's one of the keys. That's one of the things that has shut down past moves of God has been the church judging each other. Um, that this it simply can't be this time. And uh, I, I think you know God's gotten our hearts ready for a long, long time to do this. Um, that we, it's not that you agree with everybody, but you can still love everybody. It's absolutely doable, and Jesus is showing us how. Suzanne, I remember another, we're supposed to call them advances, but um, I, I keep on thinking of this retreats also because we're getting away from it all. Do you remember you were, when the Spirit of the Lord came and we were just calling out for souls? In another elder retreat, mm. and and you were like the lightning rod for that. Wow. Yeah. I, I liked what Todd said uh, when he went when he was going to Uganda, and he really wasn't feeling much for the for the people. But once he landed, this love just overwhelmed him for for the people of Uganda. And I just want to encourage all, I want to encourage me, so I'll encourage you too while I'm at it, uh, <laughs> that if we keep our heart open to the Lord, he will even give us that love. So you don't, have to, you don't even have to wait until you feel that. <laughs> you could be like Todd and just be obedient and go. Show up and then, boom. I feel that too, yeah. So I'm wondering if, um, Susan, did you bring the 
the vision. Yeah. So we're going to talk a, a little bit about the land, and, and it's going to still, we're going to go back and forth um, because it is and it isn't about the land. Um, but something in my heart just knows that God is, is, uh, is doing this. And um, Susan had a vision about this land a while back that I think is really powerful. We keep going back to it. And you had this a couple of years ago, is that right? Five years, Five ago. years ago. Wow. Time flies. Yep. So why don't you go ahead and share it and, and we can unpack it a little. So actually I was um, just praying and praying about our next building. In that time, we didn't really know what we were looking for. I mean, we, I don't know, we were thinking of a building at that point, I think, really. Um, and, but anyway, I was just invited into, heavenly, into a heavenly place, into the council chamber, actually, of the Lord. Um, I don't know, it's like this big room and there's all these angels and things there. And I don't know if you've, I know some of you've had experiences like that and you're kind of like there, but you're kind of like, this seems really, really real because you're also, yeah, anyway. It seemed very real, but I was also kind of being in two places at one time. So um, they were, the angels were there sitting around a big, you know, table and they were talking about heaven's vision for Blazing Fire Church. And they were like laying out these blueprints of how it was supposed to look. And I heard them say this. Um, there are dominoes being positioned right now to fall into place. There are two tall trees being swayed by the wind. Blow, blow, blowing the wind. So when Doug came and said, there's two trees. Is that what he said? Two trees on the land. It was like, oh my goodness. And this was five years ago and we had, again, no idea. So that was like, whoa. You know, at the time you're like, well, that was a cool, maybe it was symbolic, you know, you, you're not quite sure. That's one of them in the middle, uh, the white uh, sycamore, just to the right of center of the picture. Um, and, then, um, and then they asked me, what do we want in a building? And I'm like, okay. Um, and I started some sharing some natural things, but then it was like, that's not what they're asking for. They're asking for in the spirit or, and who we are as people. Um, oh, and, oh, that's what it was. I started asking in the natural, and then I'm like, I think this is the wrong thing. I'm like, why don't you tell me what blazing fire should look like in heavenly place? <laughs> from the heavenly places, what is it supposed to look like? And John the Apostle was there. He showed up. And he said, it is a place for a family to be one. And this was before we started moving into family. To keep the doors open, a place for open heaven encounters to be cultivated and valued. A place for Jacob's ladder to be established, ascending and descending with revelation, truth, and creating heaven's reality on earth. And I also sensed a real emphasis on unity. Um, I also sensed that the encounters that were going to be had, the heavenly encounters were for everybody. The young, the old, the saved, and the unsaved. Okay? God's going to show up for those who don't even know him yet. That's, he did for us, didn't he? he? How else did we get saved? Of course he did. Um... 
and also for getting just revelation on insights for, for wisdom of how to do things and healing breakthroughs and things like that. But I also sensed at some point along the line, I heard the word sycamore. Now, at the time, I wasn't putting two and two together, but then um, Karina did some homework. You guys are going to find this interesting, especially those of you who live in Pleasanton. The original name of Pleasanton was Alisol. Does anybody know what Alisol means? It means sycamore. So it's just like, wow, it's, it's just kind of crazy. And then it turns out that these two really tall trees on the land are sycamore trees. Yeah. You know, it's like the Lord gives us all signposts along the way. It's just that we don't always know what they mean when we're looking at them. And we often think that time, you know, it should happen tomorrow. If we see it today, it should, should happen right away. So here it is five years later. Um, but as we're, as we're looking on this land, like Todd and I, Todd and I walked around on this land um, together a couple times. A lot of us have. And, and we go on there and we start, we start dreaming the Lord's dreams. I don't know how to explain it, but it's, it's the spirit starts to take over. And we can start to see things that are actually going to happen on that land things that he's been preparing us for for a long time. And um, so I don't know if you want to share, Todd, a little bit of your dreams. We, we, we have, um, you know, there's, there's certainly going to be an area for worship and for children and things like that, but we also see another area that, that's going to be a lot for the dreams that, that Todd and Karina have had to, to reach young people. Do you want to share a little bit of that? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. When we first walked on the property... Um, First thing I saw was just making it more public. Not, you know, <clears throat> uh, the thing that, that hit me was we want to be kingdom-minded, and we always say that, but are we really going to be? And what does that really look like? <clears throat> and we also talk about being outside of the box, you know. And uh, that's what was hitting me really hard when we walked on that property because I saw that property like a park, you know. Um, there's these little old buildings there, and there's big, beautiful trees, and it's shaded. Even in the summer, it was hot, hot, hot when we went, and, uh, and, and yet it was really pleasant there. And you could see how you could put paths everywhere and benches and places to just be and pray, whatever. Um, and and I, I kept thinking, oh, what if we'd made a place where we get to have church, but other people in the community are invited to get rest here, you know, and then, and then make it nice enough that companies could have their company picnic there and pay us to do it, you know, to give us some money to me. <laughs> I know that sounds unholy, but, uh, <clears throat> but you know what I mean? To, to, um, provide a service and, and make a building neat enough to, that people really want to get married in because this land is beautiful, you know? And, uh, Huh? Oh. Oh, Karina was prophesying marriage isn't here. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and that's what we're gonna go for with this. We really are. And uh, but yeah, there's a corner in this place that we're talking about putting something, maybe a barn-like thing or whatever. Um, where we'll have, we'll have a safe place for young folks. 
And by that, I mean high school and and college age, like up up through around 26 ish. And um, to come. (laughs) See, no matter what age you put on it, you're going to hear those sounds. Uh, But they but they need a safe place to do homework at after school. to be able to come and be themselves at whether they've come to Jesus yet or not, you know, um, and we're going to do this thing and, and, and have a place where, um, they could also, uh, learn how to worship Jesus and become worship leaders too, uh, while getting their homework done, you know, and have some counseling available, you know, you, you come back from school or whatever home, a lot of, a lot of unfortunate um, situations in homes all over the Tri Valley, and and people looking for a place to be. Um, so sometimes they turn to things they shouldn't turn to that that are unhealthy for them. But to prov- provide another alternative where they could not only do their homework there or whatever, but also even receive some counseling, you know, some some heart sync, and uh, and we're gonna do this. We're going to provide a safe haven, a safe place, a refuge um, for them to do just that. And uh, there is a need. We, when we came to the Tri-Valley, um, we, I've, I have always been surprised that we even live in the Tri-Valley because I grew up in Pinal. You guys ever know where Pinal is? Yeah. Hey, of course you do. Yeah. Um, Richmond, you know. Pinal means corn mush. It does, and uh, and <laughs> and Pinole is not like a a uh, an affluent place like here, and um, so I used to drive out here once in a great while to visit rich friends, you know, and uh, <coughs> and so um, the fact that God put us here, and the fact that we're able to even live here is still kind of a miracle. Month to month, you go, wow, how are we here? And um, but. But you know, you 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 see a lot of stuff here. You 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 think, okay, there's certain problems here that don't exist in other places, and certain certain problems that exist out there that don't exist here because everyone's you know well to do here. And um, but there's a lot of masking going on in this environment. There really, really is. I I recently got an opportunity to go to Fremont to a. Uh, to a special hospital for for teenagers that are having a rough time, you know, that it's just causing them to to lose it, and they and 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 um, and just go be there and minister to people there. And uh, to my surprise, I found out that the majority of them were from Dublin and Pleasanton. These teenagers, <clears throat> and there's what his word that spoke to me. Um. And I felt like discernment came on this. I also used what I actually know about <clears throat> a lot of testimony I've heard here uh, by young people. Um, but there's a lot of hurting parents in this valley that where money is the thing that kind of their affections go toward. And it's it's it causes strife. And they've got to accumulate as much as possible and pass that on a mentality that you got to make it, you got to be successful, successful, successful without really knowing what the word successful really actually means, you know, um, which is down in here. 
And, uh, and that kind of pressure um, sometimes just causes these young folks to be ignored uh, or have false expectations or um, get down on themselves because they feel like it might be unattainable. And there's a lot of that going on in this Tri-Valley. And, uh, and there's a lot of hurting young people here. And uh, we would just want to provide a, a refuge for them. And um, that's one of the things we'll do with it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and then something else was sticking out to me, too. Um, as we were planning this, I thought, wow, what a cool idea. Um, but another thing that was hitting my heart, my spirit real hard, was um, make Jesus famous. Make Jesus famous. No matter how cool this property will turn out to be, you know, and no matter how peaceful it is and what a nice, pleasant place it is to be, we're going to have, we're going to have a little prayer room there, a little, you know, some kind of an alabaster house type thing. And, um, but no matter how cool it is, more than that, it's to be used to make Jesus famous, you know, and, um, and to, and I feel like Holy Spirit was telling me, don't ever forget that. And all you're doing, don't forget that. A lot of churches build, and they kind of forget that while they're building, you know? And then when they get, when the whole thing is done, they feel empty. And God was saying, don't, don't do that. Make Jesus famous. It's all about that. It's all about the souls, just like we said. It's about the souls, you know? And, uh, and, and I was hearing um, this, and I was hearing this thing in, um, in Second Timothy, which is sometimes a scary scripture, at Second Timothy two fifteen, that that we've heard it said, um, "Study to show yourself approved." Have you ever heard that? Okay, and it doesn't. It didn't ever say study in the original dialect. It, it was um, be diligent, you know, um, which took a lot of pressure off this guy who had dyslexia in high school and couldn't study very well, and uh, <laughs> um, but. There's there's um, several ways that it says it, you know, different versions, but do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who currently uh, handles the word of truth. Um, I mean, sorry, correctly handles the word of truth. And, um, and even that, though, I was like, God, so I thought you approved of me already, you know? I thought you, <laughs> you already approved of me. And this is, this is all while I'm praying for the land, by the way. And... Um, and I feel like he opened that wide to me. There's a lot more in Timothy there to read that will um, encourage you about this. But to make it as quick as possible, um, he was showing me, this is one of those places, Todd. Of course I approve of you. I love you. I love you all. You know, you're not going to escape my love. But this is one of those places where it's talking about being diligent and, um, and correctly, you know, being a steward of the word, um, where it's me and other people. You guys are diligent in what you do and in making Jesus famous, you know, and don't just be lax about it, but go, go forth. Like we've been saying, just go out there tell people who Jesus is and, uh, and, and God in them is going to, he's going to make them alive. He, it, they're going to approve of us. You know what I'm saying? Um, be diligent to show yourself approved we're going to, in other words, favor is going to come on us. You know, we're going to go out there because we're confident and bold about who Jesus is. We're not lazy about it, but we're just like, this is, this is the good news. You guys, this is the good news. It really is good news. It's not a set of don'ts. 
at all. This is who Jesus, the man Jesus is. And, and all of a sudden, favor will come on hearts and lights will turn on, you know. And um, that's another thing I see while we're planning this whole thing. And God's saying to Blazing Fire, you know, just make Jesus famous. You guys have a lot of fun. Thank you. Make Jesus famous and they'll come have fun with you. So um, I just wanted to say, um, I've, I've told you several times that I, I truly believe in the depth of my heart that this is, is absolutely the place that the Lord had prepared for us for a long time. Long ago when we were looking and I didn't even know this place. I've driven by it hundreds of times without knowing it's here. It was just hidden in plain sight. But uh, And we have great favor. The, the owners already said, yes, go to the city. I mean, that was a huge hurdle, done. Um, it's not even on the market. I mean, this is exactly what we want. And we're now praying for favor from the city. But I do want to say this. Um, I'm going I'm to tell you that my theology has changed a little bit. It's funny how that happens over the years. But, um, but I will say this. I believe it is conditional. I believe this land is absolutely intended for us. And I believe it's conditional. I'm not sure I would have said that a few years back. Because I would have said, oh, well, God, you know, he can make up for our mistakes. I agree with all that. Where there's tremendous grace. But I want to say... He's checking our hearts. He wants to know if we want what he wants. And, and I believe this land is reserved for those who have his heart to go without judgment, to go to those who are needing him, and, and to bring people into it, a safe environment. We're going to have intercessors. I mean, to me, we see this land as very park-like, as we've said, keeping the beauty of this place. But I'm telling you, there's going to be so much of the presence of God on it that when people just come for a picnic and nobody, none of us are there even necessarily talking to them, they're going to feel good and they're going to feel peace. And they're not going to know why, but they're going to come back and they're like, well, I felt good when I was there. But, but this whole thing, I believe this is the land he's prepared for us to use it in the way he's designed us to use it, which means we have to continually say yes to his heart, yes to his plans. I don't see that as like nervous, like, oh, no, what if we don't say yes to everything? That's not what I mean. I'm talking about is our hearts alive. He's made our hearts alive for this time and place in history. We have to Keep it alive by saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we want what you want. And we want your kids. We want your kids to come back home to your heart. So I, I, and I know that's where our heart is. So that's why I believe this land has been prepared for us. <laughs> so um, switching gears a little bit might be random. I'm probably one of the random ones on this team. Um, so, um, this, uh, back in November, we attended a leader's advance, and Paul Manwaring, um, who is a pastor up there and a part of the, uh, the staff, um, he let us, he gave us a grid, or he gave... Um, tried to explain to us how an organization transitions and what that leadership looks like and how we lead, how a leader, there's mindsets that we have to change or there's a point of view that we have to change in order to get our organization from one place to the next. And, um, I mean, that's really simple terms. That's, this is Suzanne. This is brought down to Suzanne's level. But uh, Paul was like, 
talking way up here with charts and everything. And, um, and it really, it gave me a grid for, um, for where we are going, where, where Blazing Fire is going. Granted, I have been here since its inception. And, um, and I have seen a lot of changes you know, lots in the faces that are in the, in the seats. Um, lots of faces that I miss and some new faces that I have yet to know and get to know. But um, we've always wondered, you know, who, why blazing fire? Why in the middle of the Tri-Valley here? And, um, and, and, and he, he hasn't answered that completely for me yet. But one of the terms that um, Paul used, Paul Manwaring used, sorry, I gotta get up, is um, that uh, he said that we are transitioning, that churches are transitioning, that we're gonna get a mindset to transition from big churches or just church to an apostolic resource center. And I was like, what, you know, what? We're just trying to even get a building, let alone think about an apostolic research center. And, um, and yet, when we think about it, if you think about it, that's what Blazing Fire has already started walking in. And I have, we've always maintained that Blazing Fire is its people. It's all y'alls. It's all the y'alls who aren't here, all y'alls who have been here and, you know, have moved on. But, hey, get this. Okay. Back in 2009, I believe, um, Lonnie Ellis was uh, overseeing our um, Kingdom Training School of Ministry at night, two nights a week, and um, there were you know, over 100 people attending, but they came from 42 different cities. Two nights a week. 42 cities. They gave him a gift at the end, which he recently gave to us, and it had um, dots, um, pin, push, push pins, on all the cities that were represented for that school. And that school was like maybe nine months long. Okay. In our Blazing Fire connection alone, we've got a little over 100 people. We have 27 cities represented. 27. And about four or six of us live here in Pleasanton. Okay? Apostolic. We have already started in those steps, in what and where we're going, we've got, so that is 27 cities, at least six to eight counties. A lot of those counties are in the Bay Area. And most of, there, there are some of you from north, south, east, and west, or at least one hour, with the exception of Marsha, who comes about two hours every week. So... Okay, come on. We've got part of California <laughs> represented. Now, a definition of apostolic, which I, I didn't 
couldn't find it in a dictionary, but it's the authority, the spiritual authority to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Okay, you guys tracking with me? This apostolic thing that Blazing Fire is already walking in. We've got, I am claiming authority. As a leader of Blazing Fire, I am claiming authority over 27 cities right now. Eight counties because of all of you there. Come on. What are we doing, you guys? We are, we are, who, who are we? Oh, my God. Sometimes, you know, I need, I need to find, remember who we are, you know? So, okay, Apostolic Resource Center. ARC. And then the other, yeah, the other, um, the other, uh, the other statement that he made, and a lot of us have been alluding to it because it's so funny that we've utilized, everybody has said like a word or something that I've been thinking about, and even in intercession, Holy Spirit is so awesome. So we received um, a lot of intercession before the service tonight, and there were a lot of things that people were praying um, over us or with us in a group that what was it was percolating on my heart already to talk about so okay we're talking about transition how many people honestly love change okay okay yeah okay so i counted what maybe 10 of you okay I, for one, am not, I, I'm, I don't do well with change. I don't. I like to, I like to be comfortable. I, and so, this, um, so in this, in this oh, I don't know, we need transition. Things always have to change. Think, you know, it, when Brett and I went through a hard time, that was one of the truths that really hit us with, was that change is the only constant right? We do have to go through this change, but we're going to go through it together. You know, we're going to go through it together. So I was going somewhere with that, but I can't remember where I'm going. But anyway, but this whole thing with change and going through it and, and growing and maturing, it's all a process and we're all doing it together. And the face of Blazing Fire has changed. Our people have changed. You guys have grown so much. For those of you who have been with us for a long time, Elizabeth Joy, where are you? Long, long time. Oh, she with the kids? Okay. She's been with us a long, long time. Oh, yeah. Lots of people. The carry-ons? You guys still here? Cool. Anyway. Um, what I wanted to say was that everybody was talking about how encounters with God. We're talking, Lord help me. In this, in this time of maturing, in this time of getting, really knowing who we are and you, each one of you getting to know who you are and being, and getting to know who Father God is and the value that you have, the value that you, um, that you need to know inside you, but also the gift that you are. To other people, as we are learning that, 
one of the phrases that Paul Manwaring used was that we are cultivating, nourishing, um, growing, maturing each one of you to be an encounter, an encounter, not just an encounter with God and having encounters with God. You are an actual manifestation of an encounter that when you go out there, when you, when the real you, when the freed you, when the mature you, when the loving you, when the honoring you, when the creative you comes out, you are an encounter for the 27 cities that are sitting here and then some, because that's only the BF connection, right? The eight counties, the state of California, right? You are an encounter. Okay, has anybody ever extrapolated the billion soul harvest that, that um, Bob Jones talked about? Okay, so the other day, I sat down. And I took, you know, I, I had to pull numbers from somewhere. All right, so just with the Tri-Valley, the four cities in the Tri-Valley, I counted there approximately 104 churches give or take, probably a little bit more because they, they didn't name Blazing Fire in there. I don't know why we want that list. But anyway, it <laughs> wasn't listed. So, 104, right? Okay, billion soul harvest. I'm like, no, Suzanne, you can't do a billion souls just for the 104 cities in the Tri-Valley. So you've got to go more. So I took all these numbers and I just pulled numbers, like number of cities in the state, state of California and that kind of thing. And I came down with a little over 400, 403 people, say, of the billion that would come into our church in a day. 400. What would we do with 400 people? People who actually came in. Because sometimes they wouldn't necessarily want to come in because they wouldn't want to feel judged. But... Some of them still may want to come in because they're like, wait a minute, I'm feeling something here. Somebody told me something about something, and I need, I need to find a peace. I need to find value. I need to find who I am, right? Say, say 400 of us. So that's like four times of us here right now. So yes, we need our own place to be able to do this, to be able to minister to them. But, okay, just saying, for the hundred of us here, that's almost, what, four to one. You each get to be an encounter with four other people, possibly, probably more. I'm just saying. And then, collectively, with each one of us, with the giftings that we have, you know, look at this leadership team. These guys are amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They're off the charts, these pastors of ours. And you're like, okay. But as I'm talking to my little group of four, but I know that my friend Aletta is a particularly gifted in a certain area, and she can minister to somebody. Hey, Aletta, come talk to my group. Just saying. 
Let's do this. Can you imagine? Can you dream with us? You see how big that is? And it's all, it all starts with you. With you getting to know how valued you are, how loved you are, how creative you are, how beautiful you are, and you being so certain of that, not in a prideful way, but because God said so, and that's the way it is. Can you imagine what we can do with that? What you can do with that? So I'm just saying dream, dream big, dream with us. God's got these big dreams, and he's put them in your heart. I'm just understanding a little bit what he, the kind of dreams that he puts in me sometimes. And I don't know how they all will manifest, you know, or how they, what they'll take place, how they'll take place. But I've got a team that can help me with that. You guys got, have, has, have amazing pastors, and we've got some amazing leaders that can help us with that. We're going to walk through this together because there's more than just this little tri-valley because I got authority over 27 cities. 27. So come on. So I just release you to be on that good journey of knowing the Father's heart because you are going to be an encounter for all those others out there, whether they live next door to you or whether they're at work or whatever. Some of you, even you may have an international ministry, you know? So I'm just saying it's, it's a good journey to be on. But um, like Pastor Russ talked about a few weeks ago, that um, when uh, God gives you favor, you're going to need boldness to walk with whatever it is he gives you or tasks you to do. So I pray that for you. A supernatural boldness and courage. Somebody use fortitude tonight in intercession. I like that word, fortitude. Fortitude, perseverance, all those gut words, you know. It's like, oh, get me to my gut, God, okay? You're to work on that. That kind of stuff that keeps you going. And going after the more, the presence, just his presence alone, right? I'm just saying. Take it on home, Suzanne. That was awesome. We are going to have communion together and um, would ask that whoever is supposed to tell the children, I don't know who that is, if someone, oh, thank you, Lee. Um, and uh, Joe, do you have anything that you want to come up? So we're going to, this is coming, we're, we're stepping into communion here. So uh, this is Joe Smiley overseeing our prayer teams. Okay, thanks, you guys. Um, just real quick, real short here, a couple things. I just want to share a couple words and then uh, read a scripture. Um, many of us have been here since 5 o'clock. <laughs> so when you um, hold on to a word for three and a half or four hours, um, it resonates in your heart and develops. Um, we have pre-service prayer. So 
what the Lord has been showing us, and it was evident in the service, and it's evident from what you're hearing up here from our leaders, is that healing is happening on so many different levels in this fellowship. Okay? It's, it's happening spiritually. It's happening emotionally. It's happening mentally. It's happening physically. It's happening financially. And one big identifier for tonight is it's happening relationally. It's happening with how the Lord is healing us individually and then how we are being used to heal each other. Okay? And the scripture that we got early on four hours ago that was just so evident tonight had no idea that we were taking communion. And First Peter... It says that you must know and recognize that you were redeemed or ransomed from a useless and fruitless way of living or our old lifestyle, um, not with corruptible things such as silver or gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Jesus Christ the Messiah, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. So this is love on a level that is just um, miraculous, right? The way he loves us so deeply. And I heard uh, precious tonight. Someone was talking about, um, I think, his precious promises. Um, So we are loved so deeply on this level. But then he goes on, Peter says, in verse 22, he says, now, uh, since you've been purified, your hearts for the sincere affection of the brothers, see that you love one another fervent, fervently from a pure heart. So Christ is loving us so deeply and so fervently, and it's healing us on so many levels. And then he says, go love one another that way. And I think it's just fitting with, um, with our communion time and our community and our oneness. So I just wanted to reinforce that tonight, that that is a reality, that is happening. Um, we are being healed on so many levels. And then he's asking us to go heal each other and heal those around us in our environment. Amen. Thanks, Joe. Um, So appreciate your heart big time. Um, We're going to uh, enjoy communion together. Let me um, just set it up, first of all, by letting you know that... um, Suzanne and I will be in the middle, and we will have uh, wine in ours. The other two on the outside have has grape juice. Some people prefer one or the other, so we just have both. Um, and and you'll take a, a piece of bread and dip it in and, and eat it. That's how we usually do it here. But much more importantly is I want to just talk, um, I mean pray through what we're doing here. Um, Jesus, I thank you that, um, that you are here. <laughs> in our midst, and uh, you were the one that called us to do something that's pretty common, um, but also there's more to it. There's communion involved, common oneness with each other, that, that we are all parts of the one body, and the one, that, the, the one body that you're so in love with, your bride. And uh, thank you, God, that we are in this together. We're in this with you together, Jesus, and we're in it with each other together. 
And I thank you for the excitement that is rising up in our hearts, not just because of, of, of a piece of land, which is, which is wonderful, glorious, but because of what it represents, which is moving into the fuller and fuller expressions of who we actually were created to be. And, and Lord, thank you that we get to be that now. Long before there's, the land is ours, before there's a building, we, we get to be who we are right now. And so as we're taking communion, we're saying, Jesus, we agree with you that your death is enough. Your sacrifice was enough to set us free. And so I'm just speaking to every person, any person who came in here, especially the Lord showed me earlier that uh, some, some, uh, some of you who came in really discouraged and, wanting, and a few of you wanting to just forget about it all, just um, even possibly suicidal, that Jesus, you've, you've encountered him again tonight. You know that he's here. He loves you with all of his heart. And I'm declaring that to each one of you, as you as you partake of communion tonight, you are going to be energized by his life. Your, your hope is going to rise up. And that you're going to be healed. You're going to be set free from the inside out. So I bless you with that. I bless you. I bless you to fall deeper in love with Jesus because he's already deeply in love with you. Thank you, Jesus.